It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Radio.com Sports presents the final episode of Big Time Baseball Players Edition for the 2019 season. Alongside Ben Davis, I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. Uh, Big Time Baseball Players Edition is a part of Radio.com, which allows you to listen to your favorite radio stations for free, anytime, anywhere. Listen to over 300 stations and over 1,100 podcasts. Explore by location, genre, to find music, news, and sports from your own location or across the country. You can follow Radio.com Sports on Twitter at RDC Sports. Uh, On today's episode, former Major Leaguer Lou Merloni uh, from WEEI in Boston will be joining us to discuss the upcoming offseason and more. But listen, after a terrific, terrific World Series where we got seven games, action-packed, each of the seven, um, we're into the offseason. And for a lot of teams, this is uh, the most important part of the season <laughs> because uh, aside from the teams that made the playoffs, everybody else is looking to the following season to try to shore up their roster. But before we get to that, let's start with the awards announcement. Uh, MVP finalists are in, Cy Young finalists are in, uh, in the American League finalists for MVP, we have Alex Bregman, uh, Marcus Simeon, and Mike Trout uh, rounding out that top three. Uh, who, who do you like, Ben, in, in, in this um, in this award? And do you feel like there was anybody snubbed in the American League MVP race? No, I don't think anybody was snubbed. But you know what? It's hard to go against Mike Trout. It really is because he's Mike Trout. I know he's on the <laughs> I know he's on the IL. Um, I think ultimately he does get it because his numbers state that. But you know, there, there's a lot of guys out there. Obviously, Bregman. Uh, came in with a higher war slightly, just one percentage point higher uh, than Mike Trout, or one-tenth of a percentage point higher, I guess you should say. Um, Bregman, I think, might have a shot. I don't know if maybe what Bregman did in the postseason, I know it's not supposed to really account for those kind of awards. Uh, I'm going to say Trout gets it. I, I, that's the bottom line. Um, I, I think Bregman's going to make a hard push. He's going to come in a very close second. But I still think Trout gets it because of what he's done and, and what he continues to do. And in a lineup that you don't really have to face him, but yet he still gets his pitches. When he gets his pitch, he doesn't miss it. Bregman, on the other hand, has right. a boatload of power behind him. He's going to get pitches to hit. 
Um, and his numbers, you know, they're, they're excellent. They're, they're definitely excellent, but he plays in a lot smaller ballpark. Um, and I, I think ultimately it does go to Mike Trout. Uh, you know what? Going prior to like maybe two weeks ago, I was starting to feel like Bregman had a legitimate shot. But the more I sat back and look at Mike Trout's number and consider the time, amount of time he missed and him barely finishing behind uh, Bregman and let's say that war stat. Like Trout has those games under his belt. There was no catching him. Like he would have walked away with the war again, like he seemingly does every year. I agree with you, Ben, on this one. Mike Trout is probably going to be your winner. There's still an outside chance Bregman um, has enough and maybe impacts enough people, even though it's not supposed to be a postseason award. That's the last thing they saw was Bregman. That gives them a, a little bit of a chance, I think. But I think Mike Trout, when it's all said and done, um, probably walks away with that MVP trophy. Uh, this guy just continues, seemingly gets better and better every year. Let's move over to the National League MVP race, which I think is a much more compelling race. Uh, Cody Bellinger, Anthony Rendon, Christian Yelich. I look at this BD as, as a two-man race. Like Christian Yelich, like Mike Trout, missed like the last month of the season. But those two guys ahead of them uh, really did damage. And, excuse me, in Bellinger's case, uh, he did it for a whole season. Now, he had a drop-off that that actually makes this race close because at one point I think he was the clear-cut favorite to win it. Uh, but the way Anthony Rendon closed, and again, the last thing people see was Anthony Rendon's uh, playoff run. I think that yep. could have an impact. I think Anthony Rendon has a legitimate shot to win this MVP. Without a doubt. And again, it's not supposed to factor into the regular season awards, the MVP right. awards, but – Anthony Rendon was special in the playoffs. Um, I, I think Rendon gets it. I think he deserves it. I think uh, you're talking about a guy that without him, they don't even come close. I know Soto is good, but they don't even come close to making the playoffs without Anthony Rendon. Um, he, he's that guy. I think his defense is severely underrated. Um, I think he's the, yeah, I mean, he's, he gets the balls. He's got, he's a very active, it's very unorthodox in how he makes that throw across the diamond, but it's on the money. It's very accurate. And, uh, I think that that defense, but I think, I think Rendon gets it. Nothing against Bellinger. You're right. Bellinger did it for pretty much the entire season. He was the best player in the world. Uh, I'd say for the first four months of the yeah. season, he yeah. was unstoppable. But again, like, like, Bregman, he had a lot of supporting cast in that lineup. Too. So make sure that guaranteed that Cody Bellinger got pitches to hit. I just want to bring this up because I screenshotted it in game seven. Uh, they had a number up for Rendon. Plate appearances in the seventh inning or later. I'm going to read you. And this was prior to his last two at-bats of the entire World Series. He goes, walk, home run, double, double, home run, double, home run. That's a guy <laughs> who is doing is that now good? <laughs> not only is he doing damage, but he's doing damage when it counts. And that wasn't right. just a, a screenshot of something that took place in the postseason, although it was done in the postseason. He was doing that during the regular season, especially the last two months of the year. Um, and, and and just to kind of to kind of cement the point about Bellinger and how well he did that first four, first four months of the season, I mean, there was talks of him hitting 400 at one point. And then mm -hmm. I remember Dave Roberts came down to San Diego and was talking to him before the game, and, and he was talking about trying to get Bellinger back going because it kind of fallen back into the to – the, to the trap that he had been in the previous couple seasons where he's fallen in love with the slugging, which 
Doc loved, but there's a time and a place and a and a and and an at bat where you are you kind of have to level down. You know, you start OO, you you're going for you know driving the ball OPS, but once you get two tries, you got you have to kind of you know cut your swing down, and that's what Cody Bellinger did terrifically during those first four months that you're talking about. He kind of yeah. went backwards uh, the last two months, and I think it could end up uh, really costing them a, a chance at this MVP because he certainly. Uh, had a terrific season. Moving I, on, to, I, I could not agree more. You try, you know what? You try going up to to every at bat one and two, like I did for my entire career. That ain't easy, you know. So, <laughs> at least Bellinger was able to start OO. I started it, one and two every now. It, it certainly felt like that, right? It felt like we were walking it up sure with two did. strikes. It sure did. <laughs> I agree with that. All right, let's move. Uh, let's move to the Cy Young Award and in the American League. Uh, you got a pretty good, pretty good race here, but. Garrett Cole seems to be the front row. You got Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton, and Justin Verlander as your finalists for this uh, for this Cy Young, American League Cy Young. And despite um, you know good years from Charlie Morton getting Tampa into that playoffs, pitching well in the playoffs, despite seeing Verlander do what we were used to seeing him do, Garrett Cole was just on a completely different planet this year. Yes, he was, and I think it's uh, you know you got to tip your cap to Verlander and Morton for what they did and, and how they did it, uh, especially with their age. Uh, I mean, I know Garrett Cole's 29 years old. It's not like he's any spring chicken, but uh, I think it's this is a no-brainer. This is Garrett Cole, 100%. What was it, 373 strikeouts total in the, in the season I think you had? Uh, and that's including playoffs, but still. Uh, he was on that board of all-time strikeouts in a season. Uh, if you're on that list with Randy Johnson and Sandy yeah. Koufax, you're getting the Cy Young. That's the bottom line. And Garrett Cole deserves it. I, I think it's uh, I think it's great. One thing that it, it, this is kind of maybe a little off topic, but I, I heard I think it was John Smoltz that said it in the World Series. He said he's going to be the first. Or maybe it was one of the post game uh, analysts. He said he's going to be the first forty million dollar player. You think that's even possible, Tony? That he gets I, I, forty million dollars a year to pitch every fifth day? I have a hard time seeing it. Only because what what the evidence has shown us the last two off seasons, um, the guys who got paid were position players, you know, and, and guys you get to run out there on an everyday basis. I mean, guys who got the mega deals, I mean, 300 plus million, they all were position players. You run out there every day. There's a lot less risk. And that uh, are 26. And they were, tw- and I was just getting ready to say, they were 25, 26 years of age. The common theme we've seen the last really three off seasons. If you are at the age of 30 or over, tens are, teams are a little queasy when it comes to signing big deals. They just are. Now, maybe they'll back off of it. I mean, we saw a lot of veterans perform well in the postseason, which could kind of, you know, give a, a little bit of a rosier picture uh, through the ownership's lens. But um, I have a hard time seeing 40 BD. I, I really do. I, I just can't see, uh, especially two pitchers, in Strasburg and, and Garrett Cole that are going to be – Cole will be, will be 30. Strauss is already 30. Um, I just don't – I have a hard time seeing both Boris guys too. So you know we're not talking three, four-year deals here. We're talking five, six, seven-year deals. At least that's been the – the the uh, that's been the, the template we've seen from Boris clients in the past. I agree, but I think he does get to Cy Young. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that for sure. Let's move to the National League finalists. Uh, once again, you got Jacob DeGrum, you got uh, Hinjun Ryu, and you got Max Scherzer. Uh, Ryu seemed to be the guy for a long period of time. He had a rough August. 
He had a kind of a rough September. It kind of has changed uh, the thought process a little bit. DeGrom, seem, DeGrom seems to be the front runner right now, even though, uh, again, tip your hat to Scherzer, the things he's done. He dealt with, battled through some injuries this year and still pitched very well. But it seems as though, BD, that uh, DeGrom is the front runner right now. Yeah, I'd say it's DeGrom. I think it's going to go between DeGrom and, and Scherzer. I really do. Um, despite missing all that time, Scherzer's numbers are right at the top with those two in, in ERA. Um, you know, and definitely in each pitch, which is hard to believe. You think missing all that time. I think he missed six weeks uh, total this season. But uh, I think DeGrom ultimately gets it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Scherzer gets it. That would be number four for Mad Max. Um, and that would definitely solidify yeah, his Hall indeed. of Fame career, which I think kind of already is. But I think that would just put him over the top first ballot. Uh, no brainer for Max Scherzer if that were to happen. Uh, but I think DeGrom probably does get it. That guy, I love watching him pitch. The plane, the ball, it comes out of his hand. It is just some kind of special. I love watching him pitch. Unfortunately, I have to see him pitch a little too much here against the fighting <laughs> Phils being the National Him and Scherzer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but two guys, two compet- great competitors, uh, two guys that take their craft very seriously. But I think it goes down to DeGrom. What you got? I, I got DeGrom too. Um just off topic, I, I think back to what Scherzer, you talk, we were talking about the injuries he's dealt with and how it kind of reared its ugly head in, in the World Series. And I, I don't know about you, I, I was looking at him in game six, uh, or game seven, and then after the game, it looked like he, he might have been all right to pitch, but it clearly looked like he had no sleep. I mean, like it was almost like the back thing was bothering him. I was looking at his face. It was like a guy who, who'd been up all night, yet he went out mm-hmm. there Gave a strong, as good of an outing as you can uh, for five innings, giving his team a shot. I, I, I just had to mention that because it, it's just a tip of the cap to a guy who who really, uh, despite going through some uh, back pain where he couldn't even get himself dressed uh, for a game, came back in a game seven, left it all on the line, and he did it all year. But in terms of the Cy Young, I think it is Jacob DeGrom. I mean, uh, this is two years in a row where – and he wasn't as good as he was last year. I don't know if he's going to be able to rep- – if anybody can replicate the season he put together year last year, uh, but uh, he certainly was was really good again. And he came on strong uh, midseason, even though the beginning of the season was, was not bad at all. He came on stronger that second half of the season, and I, I think he's going to solidify uh, that Cy Young once again for a team that – uh, was was on the losing side, but just kind of goes to show you this guy's gonna go out and compete regardless of of what the lineup looks like, what the win losses look like, what run support he may get. Mm-hmm. He just goes out and he continues to dominate. Yeah, talk about someone who has no no hit stuff every seemingly every time he goes out there. Like you look at the way the ball's coming out of his hand, it's like he's he's gonna do it. He's gonna throw a no hitter today. That's the kind of yeah. stuff that that he has. Now, as I mentioned earlier. For, for the teams that don't make the playoffs, this becomes one of the most important parts of the year for them, and, and that's free agency, off-season moves, whether it be via free agency or through trade. Um, and There's some teams that um, will be looking to, to make their squads better. I know out here in San Diego, that's certainly something that's at the top of the uh, list for, for to do things. Um, but looking at this free agent class, we talked a little bit about Garrett Cole. Steven Strasburg is probably number two on that list, or, or you could say Rendon. I guess it's just depending on who, what is the need of your team. But the free agent class uh, isn't as strong as I think it was anticipated. You know, Norman Alonardo comes off early. There are a lot of guys who signed deals 
uh, before the season start that kind of took them off the board. Yet these three guys, mind you, all Boris guys, will be highly coveted come free agency. Yeah, they will. And um, I think Strasburg stays in, in Washington. I think he's a guy that uh, you mentioned this on this last podcast, that he's a guy that is very comfortable in his surroundings or likes to be comfortable in his surroundings. And he's going to be the most comfortable in Washington, having just yeah. won that World Series. Renegotiating that contract, I think, is something that the Nats are going to see to it. But I think he's a guy that, um, you know, I think he's going to stay there. I, I think Garrett Cole's going to the Yankees. I do. I, I really do. Um, I think the money, if, if anybody needs a starting pitcher and the best starting pitcher in baseball, it's the Yankees. They need a guy that can get them deeper in the ball games. They have the, the money. Obviously they have the money. Um, but I think maybe Garrett Cole's a guy that can really put you over the top. Um, I, th- I see him going to the Yanks. I really, really do. I, I can kind of see that too. I read a report that uh, CC Sabathia has, basically shown it giving him the ins and outs of what it's like to be a Yankee and if there is a there if you I would like to meet a better closer than CC Sabathia when it comes to getting guys to come over to where the team he's on um mm-hmm. Garrett Cole not to mention the Yankees they they have the means to do it uh I think if you look at the part of uh, their part of team if there was any deficiency in the Yankees squad it was starting pitching they have the best bullpen in the league they have one of the best offenses in the entire league. The only thing that was missing was that bona fide number one guy like a Garrett Cole with CC stepping away from the game. You need somebody to kind of anchor this, this relatively young staff. And uh, he's a perfect guy to do it. He's, he comes in with, with the accolades. He comes in with the youth. Uh, at least young enough to be a, 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 a very good pitcher. And we just watched, we just witnessed the full season of him literally carving up guys, including in the World Series. I mean, he he gave up a few runs in the World Series, but by no means was it a walk in the park for 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 the Nationals going up against him. So I kind of agree with you. It's it's to me, it's either the Yankees or it's the Dodgers. We uh, you're hearing out west that. The Dodgers are, are going to be heavily involved in, in the uh, Garrett Cole talks, and it certainly wouldn't surprise me to see him end up there. But I, I, I agree with you, BD. The first choice, I believe, has got to be uh, the Yankees for Garrett Cole. Yeah, but it, Garrett Cole did say that he wants to go back out west. So that he is from out west. Like you yeah. know, what's the difference? Yeah, what's the difference between thirty million and thirty-five million? You know, and I want to be out west. Uh, he's made that perfectly clear. So we'll see where that takes him. Well, that that puts the Dodgers right square in the thick of things. Uh, Anthony Rendon, uh, we talked about him, third baseman. I, I, it's this one's a hard one for me to see, for me to pick. I mean, it would make sense that he would go back to the Nationals, but he's already turned down some pretty significant money, reportedly, or at least that was what was offered to him. Um, and he hasn't taken it at this point. He feels like he wants to explore the free agent market, and and he. Probably should, because there's probably more money out there. The question is, where where do you see him fitting? Again, the Dodgers are in the thick of this one as well, uh, with, with Justin Turner getting a, a little bit older, not moving as well at third base. There's talks of moving him over to first base, which opens up that third base position. So uh, the, the one thing about the Nationals is when they are willing to move on, they seemingly have a backup plan. When they lost Bryce Harper, they had they had a guy in Juan Soto in waiting in the wings. Now I don't know what their farm system has in terms of third baseman. Um, I guess 
the the aggressive aggression they used to re-sign Anthony Redone will let us know how how prepared they are if he should leave. But I think I see him staying in Washington. Well, that's definitely an, an option and, and obviously a good one for them. Maybe he's a guy that's comfortable there as well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Phillies take a run at Anthony Rendon. Mm. They definitely yeah. need a third baseman. The only problem is they have Alec Bohm coming up through the minor league system, big third baseman, first round draft pick a couple of years ago. So maybe they want to see him develop maybe one more year at the minor league level. If you lock Rendon down to five years, then there's no room for Bohm to come up and play. So uh, we'll see what happens on that end with the Phillies. But I think they're more concerned with their starting pitching than anything. Uh, but uh, you know what? It's it's amazing that all these teams, they continue just to keep going after, like the Dodgers and the Yankees, to go after Rendon. You're thinking, don't they have enough? Like, seriously, <laughs> it's, embar- it's an embarrassment of riches, right? It's like, all right, okay, kid, let someone else play. But when you have the, the, the bankroll, I know – Money doesn't rule the world, but it kind of does. And they got the money. <laughs> it makes it you easier. Know? That's for it sure. It makes it a heck of a lot easier. So for that aspect, I can see them going after Rendo. We'll see. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, big-time uh, free agents. We mentioned Steven Strasburg. I see him going back to Washington, as you mentioned, BD. The only other option would be San Diego. And based on everything I know about Strasburg, as I mentioned last week, he reminds me a lot of my dad when he finds that comfort zone. He doesn't want to move. Mind you, he sold his place here in San Diego. He he bought. He lived year round in Washington this past off past season. Look at the results he got. So I I just have a hard time. As much as I would, I mean, beg for him to come to San Diego, I just don't see it happening. I see him staying in Washington. The next pitcher after him though is Zach Wheeler, and mm-hmm. he's an interesting case here because this is a guy who who has a loads of potential, but mm-hmm. has been you know in and off the uh, on and off the IR. Uh, throughout his career uh put together a decent season this year though going into free agents as we see a lot of uh soon to be free agents do put up that good year going into that uh that free agent year uh but the pitching is probably where it's at heaviest at least in the top 10 right you got Ryu's a free agent you got uh Bumgarner who's a free agent you got Wheeler who is also a free agent um that kind of rounds out the pitching in the top 10 I think for free agents uh I think there's going to be a lot of movement just in general speaking. Uh, and I think um, based on the free agents we have, it's going to be interesting to see what type of money is being thrown out. Cause we've seen the last two years, the money just kind of be other than the top two, one or two free agents in Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, everybody else was kind of, you know, pinched into the middle there. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you a question. When at, at some point, do you think if it, I think we're going to see a bunch of them, a bunch more of them are the late January, mid February signings for one, two years. At what point do you think maybe the union says, wait, is there a little bit of collusion going on here? Uh, no one uh, wants to, it, no one it, wants to sign a five-year deal anymore. When do you we, think that happens? If we see a third consecutive, a fourth consecutive year of free agent prices going down overall, I, 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 there is not one piece of, of part of me that believes we won't start hearing talks of collusion. Uh, I, mm. I think you started to hear it bubble a little bit at the end of last uh, free agency, last year's free agency. I would be shocked if the same thing happened again. Because remember, here's the thing that trips me out about baseball, uh, a sport that I think can do a better job of marketing its game, right? You look at football, you look at basketball, when the season's over, for those, the actual playing season, the season's not actually over because then you run into free agency where they're constantly in the media, constantly on the top stories because there's so much movement. 
And that's been baseball back in the past. But now in the last four years, it is just stagnant. There is literally nothing to talk about until you get closer to spring training. Then things barely start to move a little bit, right? And I think it's a, a problem for baseball in general. But in terms of the economics, I, I, my guess is I'd be shocked if we don't hear uh, some type of heavy rhetoric about there being some type of collusion or not. Now, collusion is one of the most difficult things to prove. You're pretty much going to have to have somebody come from behind the scenes and, and, and give you some information because it's pretty hard to, to prove at this point. But if it happens again, I, I certainly could see a scenario in which uh, – we're, we're, we're having a, a full-blown conversation. Yeah, about absolutely. I, I could not agree more. I, I think you're you're starting to hear the rumblings. Even some players starting to come out in the media and talk about it. We heard Arietta talk about it yeah. uh, here in Philadelphia. So maybe it is something that, they, that that subject is breached a little more. All right. One quick fun topic we can uh, discuss in this last episode of Big Time Baseball is uh, the 2020 uh, Veterans Committee released – uh, 10 players, or excuse me, let me say this, 10 players were named to the 2020 Veterans Committee uh, ballot of the Hall of Fame induction. Uh, these include Lou Whitaker, Dale Murphy, Tommy John, Thurman Munson, Dave Parker, Don Mattingly, Steve Garvey, Dwight Evans, and Ted Simmons. Uh, let me ask you this, who has the most compelling case to get in? I'm going to go Dave Parker, the Cobra, uh, career 290 hitter. He hit a whopping 339 home runs, um, led the league a couple times in doubles, RBIs, games played. Uh, the guy was an absolute animal. I think he's he should get in. I think he deserves to get in. I'd love to see him get in. I've Unfortunately, everything that he's suffered with his health conditions over the last few seasons, um, you know, it, it's it's been tough. I think if, if anybody deserves it, it's him. I think the Cobra gets in. I'd love to see it. I, I could make a case for Don Mattingly, Steve Garvey, for sure. Uh, but I'm going to make my case for Ted Simmons. I mean, remember, this is the catching position we're talking about. Uh, almost 2,500 hits, uh, 248 home runs from the catching position, lifetime 285 hitter, uh, over 1,000 RBIs. This guy was an eight-time All-Star, again, from the catching position. I think some of the other – the other uh, things that might prevent some of these other guys going is that they played positions that uh, were, you know, big time offensive positions uh, for a while. I mean, Thurman Munson uh, obviously is not doesn't fall into that category, but uh, I like Ted Simmons. I think I've always felt like uh, he was a bench coach for for Brewers and the Padres when I was there. So I got a chance to get to know his career a little bit more than some of the other guys on the list. And I think his case is the easiest to be made because he's at the catcher position. And you look at the offensive numbers he put up, there just weren't very many catchers like him at that time. If you want to put another catcher in the Hall of Fame, feel free, please. <laughs> There's not enough of us in there. I, 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 I knew you would like that pick because you are a former catcher. But uh, again, I, I just think because the catching position is so hard because of the demand, the, the demand on the defensive side of the ball and what that takes away from a, a lot of the offense for most guys. And the fact that he was still putting up these kind yeah, of numbers, I, I agree. It, it makes it, it makes a good case for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe, you know, Dale Murphy gets a look and maybe even Steve Garvey gets a look, but we'll, we'll see. It makes us to see uh, what happens and who exactly gets in. All right, stay with us here because uh, former major leaguer Lou Merloni from WEI in Boston will jo be joining us to discuss the upcoming offseason and, and some of the recent moves that Boston has already made.
Hey everyone, Cody Decker from Swings and Misses, the Radio.com Sports Original, here to talk to you about hymns. You know, I've been taking hymns now for a couple of months now. My hair has been growing back thicker, fuller than it has been in years. Baseball did everything it could to try and take my hairline away, and now, thanks to hymns, I'm getting it back. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35, and me being 32, it was time to get 4hymns.com. They are your one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. This Black Friday, secure the best deal of all, a healthier, thicker hairline. This Thanksgiving, when your relatives say healthy and full, they're finally talking about your hair and not the turkey. No more awkward in-person doctor visits or long pharmacy lines. 4hymns connects you with real doctors online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions online, and a doctor will review, and they'll determine whether or not hymns is right for you. Order now, and our listeners can get started with a hymns Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today right now while supplies last, and subject to doctor's approval. See full website for details and safety information, and that website, 4hymns.com slash swings. We now welcome in Lou Merloni, the former major leaguer who spent most of his time with the Boston Red Sox and now hosts a show for WEEI in Boston. You can catch him weekdays, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on Ordway, Merloni, and Faria. Lou, thanks for coming on with us today. Uh, lots going on. Obviously, the big news up in Boston, J.D. Martinez yep. staying in Boston. The fan reaction to this based on the callers is what? Well, I think everyone's excited to have the guy back. Everybody realizes you know, how great of a hitter he is and how much he's meant to the lineup, not just on the field, but off and just tutoring some of these young guys and approach. Uh, but it's funny because the big story coming out of J.D. Martinez signing is what does that mean for Mookie Betts? And I think that is, that's been the main discussion up here right now, the future of Mookie. Lou, I'm glad you, you segued right into the, my next question. Obviously, Mookie Betts, yeah. Uh, coming off a year in which wasn't as good as his MVP year, but I tell you what, most teams around baseball would love to have a guy like Mookie Betts. What is the plan now? I mean, the, the Boston Red Sox have talked about really cutting cutting down the, the payroll a little bit. Yep. Um, I would imagine J.D. Uh, Martinez not opting out kind of complicates that a little bit because you also want to keep a guy like Mookie Betts. What's the game plan for him? Yeah, and I think it does complicate it because I think they had one. You know, I, I think that they – I think Mookie Betts and the Red Sox are well aware of what Mookie is looking for money-wise. And um, so I think the plan was to, to make an offer that really the Red Sox probably felt that he wouldn't accept. And, and with that, because I think he wants a Mike Trout type of deal, you know, a 12-year deal in that same range. And, and listen, he's a great player. It's just that, you know, as an organization now financially – where they are, uh, I think puts them in a tough spot. And then I think they would have started taking phone calls on Mookie. But if they didn't like the return, I think they were willing to keep him for a year, compete, and let this thing play out, whether it's a trade deadline, if injuries happen to this team or, or the offseason. But they didn't want to give him away for nothing. Now the idea of sticking with that plan and keeping him well, the payroll is going to be exactly the same where it was last year, $240 million, maybe even more. So I think it makes it somewhat complicated. Lou, I want to ask you about another guy uh, who really kind of put it all together this year, Rafael Devers. Uh, this kid was born a year after I graduated high school. <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, you look at him, he was able right. to, to put yeah. such a great year together, led the league in doubles. You know, he hit 311. Do you think this is something he can stay in the league and continue to do, be this productive year in and year out? Yeah, I, I do. And, and it was amazing the run he had. You know, a guy like Xander Bogarts right to his left, 
you know, had a great year. We hit for average and we were wondering if the power was there. And then the next year the power came, but the average dipped and there was some injury. So it took three or four years for him to really put this thing together. Rafi Devers did it in a year. You know, he struggled in the month of April. He didn't hit a home run. And then he was hitting 260 maybe. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know, the plate discipline, um, he started just, you know, attacking balls within the zone. He's a great bad ball hitter, which is one of the reasons why at times he expands because he thinks he can hit everything. It happens so quickly with this kid yeah. at such a young age that as long as he stays disciplined in that zone, boy, I tell you what, I mean, you leave the league in, in hard hit balls and contact and exit velocity at his age, and it is it's exciting to watch him play. And, you know, the sky's the limit. People say, can he, can, is this, you know, what's his ceiling? I'm like, well, with the year he had, I mean, you know, does he really need more? I mean, what, can he hit 40 right. home runs? I'll take <laughs> right. maybe this past year for the next seven or eight, right? Absolutely. I, he, he, he did it, man. He was fun to watch. Absolutely. Lou, I want to ask you a little yeah. bit about the, the front office. Uh, they seemingly have made another, they made another change. Um, they bring in a, a young kid in high and bloom. What is what are his uh, his strong suits? Because obviously, when you guys had Sherrington there, that was more of an analytical based uh, approach, and then you moved on to more back to kind of the old school. Now it's seemingly moving back to an analytic based uh, uh, thought process. What does what does Bloom bring to the table? You know, I think one thing lacking in this front office under Dave was the creativity. You know, he believed that ours win. And I think that he sort of, with that, didn't really look at the depth within a roster, which is something that really hurt this team this year, whether it was bullpen or back-end rotation with a few injuries. So I think Iam comes in here now with his time in, in, in Tampa and kind of, you know, fishing in every pond, you know, caring about 15 to 25 men on the roster, even as deep as 30, 35 men on the 40, and improving in those areas. And, you know, we've seen it before in different deals. When you look at that team and how guys were required, you know, he gets involved in three-team deals and pulls a player or two that impacts his roster. Where I think Dave was just just looking really more for the stars. So I think Iam comes in, more creativity, caring more about depth within an organization, and really the rebuilding of a farm system. That's his, That was his thing with that, you know, developing the Rays way and timing and how the minor leaguers develop, international scouting. He needs to build this organization, uh, the foundation back up again in this minor league system. And at the same point, create, be creative and really add depth to this roster, which I think two of his strengths. You know, Lou, it's a great point. That's exactly what the Phillies are looking at right now here in Philadelphia. They want to really improve that minor league system where they can call these guys up and build from within. I think it's, it's two organizations, mm -hmm. two big organizations that obviously need to do so, much like the, the, the evil empire, the Yankees. They keep bringing guys up, right? You see the Rays. You mentioned them earlier. Yep. Where do you think the Red Sox really stack up next season against the Yankees and the Rays? I think it all comes down to this, the, the, the pitching that they have. Um, you know, guys like David Price and guys like Chris Sale, you know that when they are right, they're still very good pitchers in this league. And you got a kid in Eduardo Rodriguez who really took the next step in last year uh, for the, for this team. Evaldi's another one. Health-wise, um, to me, this up-and-down performance, even when he is healthy with him. But it really comes down to pitching. I mean, even if you were to lose a guy like Mookie Betts, as crushing as it would be, Still, when you have Devers and Bogarts and J.D. Martinez and Benintendi, your offense will be okay. Mm -hmm. If their pitching can hold up, they can still compete. If those guys get hurt again, uh, that's where the lack of depth, you know, you can't you know, get 
double-A, triple-A guys ready to compete at the big league level overnight. And I think that's a challenge. So they're going to really need their depth, or their, their pitching rather, those starters to, to be healthy and perform at a high level if they think they can compete next year. Absolutely. Well, Lou, we really appreciate you coming on today. It's our last podcast, and we really appreciate you coming on uh, to help us out. I know the season's over, but a lot to look forward to in the offseason. Wish you the best of luck, and we'll hope to talk to you soon. Thanks, Lou. Anytime, guys. You right. got it. Anytime. All right, Lou. Thanks so much. All right. Before we get out of here on our last episode of Big Time Baseball Players Edition, uh, Ben, one favorite moment from uh, this season uh, doing this podcast? Wow. Um, honestly, Tony, just this maybe, maybe sounds uh, a little uh, sappy, but honestly, just working with you, buddy. Um, it's love, love hearing your voice. Um, it takes me back to, you know, playing with your dad and, and watching you run around the outfield shagging BP, uh, when I was in San Diego. So I love talking about baseball and I think we both have such a passion for the game. It's just love. I just love talking baseball with you an hour every week and, uh, you know, hope that we can do this again in, in the near future. Absolutely. I was going to say the same exact thing. For me, this takes me back to when I was 17 years of age and and walking around in that clubhouse, uh, BD, you being in there. But I, I'd say if I had to pinpoint one favorite episode was when we both had Trevor Hoffman on. It, it yeah. was fun going back through some of those old times because Trevor is the same guy he was, <laughs> exact same yeah. guy he was when he was playing. And to hear you guys kind of going back and forth, it took me back into that clubhouse when I was 17 years of age. So that was uh, that that was probably my most fun moment. We got to do it all year long, every week. Um, it was a joy. I hope we get to do it again next year. Absolutely, Tony. With that being said, that does it for our last episode of Big Time Baseball Players Edition. Presented by Radio.com Sports. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching Big Time Baseball. You can also find it on Twitter at RDC Sports. Until next year, Tony Gwynn Jr., Ben Davis, we'll see you guys. Have a good offseason. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.